0: This is episode number 319 with Chase Diamond of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning? It's a really fascinating,
1: fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help.
0: and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. What's going on, Founder fam? Hope you and your family are healthy and safe. My name's Nathan Chan, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine, and today we have an incredible episode for you. If you have a business right now and you have an email list of customers or prospects, um, I go through in depth with Chase what you need to be doing to really work your email marketing, Uh, Because email marketing can be a really strong profit center. I know it is for founder, and I know for many of my friends that have successful businesses, uh, they do really, really well. And Chase is an absolute master, especially when it comes to e-commerce. And uh, yeah, he's an instructor of one of our courses, e-commerce masters. So I asked him to come on and basically just lay it all out for you guys, like, if you have a business right now and you're really not speaking to your customers or your community or your prospects via email marketing, um, you're missing out. And this could be a really, really powerful channel to help you and your business, especially uh, during these crazy times. So guys, make sure you listen to this one all the way through, I uh, wherever you're listening. If you can, take notes because this one is epic. Also... If you are enjoying this podcast and these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review and please do share this with two of your friends that want to start a business or currently are working or trying to grow their business. We interview so many incredibly successful founders. We try and provide so much value to you. We're on a mission to building a household name entrepreneurial brand that helps tens of millions of people every single week with our content. All right, guys, that's it from me. Now, let's jump to the show. For those that are not familiar with you and your work, and I know um, you you and Nick recently joined your agencies, are we able to mention that?
1: Yeah, let's let's talk through it. So um, real quickly about myself, um, I ran an email marketing agency for e-commerce brands called Boundless Labs. Um, We're a team of about 10 people. And we've done just shy of about $40 million in email revenue in the past two years. Um, And Nick Shackelford, who's a buddy of mine and Nathan, and also has been on some other podcasts and some other things with Founder, um, he and I actually merged our agencies um, over the past, I'd say, month or two. So it's been a really cool process of integrating and working with him and his team.
0: Yeah, crazy. So um, both of you you guys, you and Nick, are instructors of an incredible course that we created called E-commerce Masters. And uh, yeah, I've learned a lot from you throughout this journey of getting to know each other. And and you really are the master of email marketing, especially when it comes to e-com. And the reason that we want you to come on and come back on is really to share kind of really break down and go deep on email marketing and the things that people can be doing, especially during this time period where, you know, the world has seen a bit of a shakeup Businesses are seeing a serious shakeup, and email marketing is just an like email. Email is just an incredible profit center, and uh, there's so much you can do there. And I know you have so much to share. So um, yeah, Chase, like, thanks so much for taking the time, man. Where'd you want to start? Yeah, I'm pumped to be here. Um, I actually wanted to kind of share some of the
1: emails that we've been sending over the past couple of weeks, um, for clients that have been really working through this tough time. Um, as well as some emails coming up that people listening can take advantage of to implement over the coming weeks and the months. Do you want me to kind of talk about how we're thinking about COVID and kind of some of the things that we're seeing? And then we'll dive into some of the emails people should be building. I also have to say, I feel very fortunate and lucky that being in the e-commerce space, I feel kind of insulated from all of the crazy and the chaos that's happening now today. I think a couple of weeks or a couple months ago, that wasn't the case. I was very uncertain and kind of not sure where things were going. And I can't say Now I have all that much more clarity, but, you know, having been a few months since we talked last, I would say a lot of our brands are doing just as well, if not better. So I do feel um, very fortunate and I'm hoping to share some things right now um, about that. So uh, in terms of kind of COVID and addressing that with um, clients and their audience, um, for the most part, we kind of just have on a couple brands in the header or the footer of the emails, um, a message or two just talking about. Hey, you know, we've been working hard to help support COVID-19. Um, here, you can learn about the initiatives that we're doing. Um, or with other brands, we might just say something as simple as, we just want to let you know we're taking precautions to keep our warehouse team safe. Um, there might be some shipping delays. However, for that, here's free shipping. And thank you so much for your understanding. So I'd say on a couple of our brands, we kind of have those callouts. And with a lot of our other brands, we're actually not even pushing too much COVID talk or conversation. At this point, I think a lot of people have reintegrated to this new normal. So I think we're just rolling with the punches and kind of just, you know, putting out content that feels more normal, Um, but also being aware and mindful of the fact that COVID still very much is a real thing and people are having a hard time um, as well. So I'd love to kind of share a little bit more about what that messaging looks like, if that's okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's definitely do that. So this is just for context, though. This is every time you guys send a promotional blast or a campaign like a launch or, or like, yeah, in what context?
1: Yeah. So, um, kind of that, those call outs and those emails happen for every email on some brands, um, happened on some emails for other brands and, and zero times for some brands. So depending on the brand and depending on how they want to address and how they typically talk to their consumer, we have that call out. And then more generally to answer that question, Um, these are emails that are working over the past few months, past few weeks, and emails that we're going to be working on, you know, that are all going to be through this COVID time coming up that are related to these topics.
0: And why, why do you guys choose to do that? So
1: it's two things. One is kind of us being proactive about this and two, uh, kind of clients and customers referring to things and wondering, kind of having these questions. So. With specific brands, they're still overloaded with support questions and tickets about, you know, how long is my item going to take to ship or, you know, how are things being handled in the back? And I want to make sure that the people on your team are being safe, right? So for certain clients that are facing a lot of like inbound client kind of customer support tickets, we're kind of just getting ahead of it with these call outs. And then for other brands where that's not really being an issue, we kind of addressed COVID a few weeks or a few months ago. We're kind of just rolling on business as normal just so that way... Not every email has to be kind of this down and this sad thing. Um, We're really more focused on providing kind of humor and education um, and support with other
0: brands. Yeah, I see. Okay, so, um, yeah, please, let's go on. Sorry, I just had to make sure we get as much context as possible.
1: Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, so again, yeah, when it comes to COVID messaging, unless there's a negative impact on fulfillment, we are kind of trying to stay away from any explicit messaging. Um, And we really haven't done a lot of fear mongering kind of campaigns or really trying to leverage it to pull sales. We've definitely been staying away from that. Um, I was talking to kind of my team earlier this week about, you know, how they feel and kind of what they think about the approach that we're taking. And kind of the consensus is that they they really like that our company has this kind of vibe of empowerment and positivity in a really non-aggressive way. Um, That being said, we did kind of have a funny situation this past week where we had a client that wanted to run kind of a super aggressive, impending kind of doom type campaign. Um, And we kind of fought them on it just because we didn't want to take that angle. But it ended up being that for their specific product line, doing that kind of campaign made sense. But that was very much, you know, an outlier. Um, And and kind of kind of keep going on this topic. So we're really more focused at this point on like a COVID lifestyle, right? So people are working from home, they're having to work out indoors. Um, So things of that nature is kind of what the content's focused on. And then in terms of, you know, what kind of clients are seeing success, we're seeing a spike in kind of customers buying things across like electronics, um, garden related products, any kind of kitchen related products, you know, health, wellness, fitness and sports, kind of home and decor, arts and crafts. So those are some of the categories that are, are really seeing a lot of success. Do you have any questions on kind of any of those categories?
0: No, um, I don't want to go kind of too kind of micro, kind of, yeah, if we can, like around industry specific, kind of keep it top level. Awesome. So for
1: those industries, as well as our clients as a whole, um, some of the campaigns that we're sending kind of over the past few weeks and the past couple of months is, again, education and kind of content emails are still super relevant and super important, right? How can you add value to the people on the receiving end? Um, What can you teach them? How can you get them excited about you as a business? Um, Is it the fact that your business is being sustainable? And what does that actually mean, right? So with so many things going wrong in the world, if you have a business that's focused on sustainability or giving back or anything that's really kind of cool or innovative, definitely creating emails and content around that is a really great bucket. So that's something that we've done forever, something that's become increasingly important during these times. Um, this is kind of one, depending on when someone listens to it, that's going to be a little bit timely and relevant for the next probably few, few weeks, a few months. And we're recording this kind of, um, towards the end of may, but graduation is a really important time right now. Kids are graduating high school, college, and they're really missing out on that traditional graduation that a lot of people had. So parents, grandparents, family, and friends are really taking upon graduation as this time to do something special and probably something larger than they normally would do, anyways. So, we're seeing a lot of our clients that we're sending graduation gifts for um, really converting well and making purchases. So, this is another category that we've kind of had that's been tried and true for a long time that's also working now, um, but basically, problem and solution campaigns. So, what I mean by that, right, is everyone, or not everyone, but most companies. End up building their company because they have some kind of problem to solve, right? So you need to express those problems um, and provide a solution in an email. So, for example, um, we work with like a couple skincare brands, and we'll send out an email that says, "Hey, based off your routine, if go- if your goal is A, B, or C, then our products will all fit those things, right? So, for example, if one of your goals is to reduce breakouts, then you might want to buy you know our face mask, right?" If your goal is to have an even kind of skin tone, then you might want kind of like this moisturizer or like this glow drops, right? So we're kind of working with the brands that we have to try to identify what are the things that people want from your brand? Why did you start this? And we're pairing content and reviews and testimonials with it to help sell specific categories or collections or more more so specific products.
0: Yeah, I see. So um, how often do you do these? So for for us, when we look
1: at a campaign calendar, we typically plan, you know, if at the minimum two weeks out, but most of the time we're trying to plan about a month out. So we'll kind of go through, you know, six or eight or ten different buckets and really make sure that we touch upon different categories. That way, there's a mixture of content. We don't want to always just be selling. We don't want to just always be educating. We really want to have a healthy balance. So um, for each of these emails we try to sprinkle one of these in every month or at minimum every quarter, depending on how often you're sending. So most of our brands send between two to three campaigns per week. So we were able to rotate between categories pretty quickly, right? Where this week we might hit a graduation email, we might do a giveaway email, and then we might end the week with kind of a problem and a solution type campaign. And then the following week, right, we might hit three new categories so we're kind of always looking at calendars and trying to recycle these same types of buckets because they're, they they do work.
0: Yeah, no, that's crazy. Like one one of the biggest things I've learned from you is when it comes to email. Like if there's one thing you take away from Chase and and this whole whole kind of uh, interview that we're doing with him is if if you just look at your promotional calendar and plan it out, like when is graduation, when is Mother's Day when is Christmas, when is New Year's, when is Black Friday and all these different dates like that alone will like add heaps of revenue to your business and heaps of like, you know, profit to your business, um, from doing promotions like like that alone. Um, I think it's a game changer.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how many clients never realize the different types of buckets and things that they should be sending or the frequency of how they should be sending. Right. I think most people are tired of receiving emails themselves that they fear about sending too many emails, right? And again, you shouldn't probably be sending an email every single day with all these things just because, but getting in the right cadence and for every brand is different. For some brands, maybe it's once a week and for other brands, maybe it's four times a week. And really the way that you figure that out, and I might've mentioned this to you before, Nathan, is you send one campaign, you look at the open rates, you look at the click through. You look at the support tickets, you look at the unsubscribed, right? Look at the market spam. And if all those indicators lead you to kind of believe that you could send another email, then you send a second email, right? So as you figure out how many emails per week, how many emails per month you're going to be sending, then you kind of have to, you know, reverse into it, right? So, you know, coming up is Memorial Day, right? So we're doing a ton of campaigns for Memorial Day. It's a big thing here in the US. That's this coming Monday, which I believe is the 25th. So that was really a big thing on our roadmap for May. And then from there, right, we had Mother's Day a couple weeks ago. We're then trying to fill in the gaps and the holes of, okay, between the two big holidays, there's two weeks, right? Well, we can't go two weeks without sending emails. What other types of things can we start sprinkling and layering in? And again, the content emails, the graduation emails, this problem solution campaigns, these are great filler campaigns because they're, they're, they're always going to be relevant to some degree, Um, And they don't really go out of style. So kind of giving you guys more buckets to think about. uh, Product launches or kind of product-focused emails are also a really great thing to hit. I I do realize that you're not always going to be launching a new product every week or every month or even every quarter. So doing kind of product spotlights, so products that you've launched in the past, uh, call out new elements about it that you didn't realize people cared about, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe if you had hair care or something, and you'd notice that people were using it for X, Y, and Z, and you found some crazy thing that people were doing with it or trying with it, um, I don't know what that would be, but, but you could call those things out in an additional email. Um, so find different ways to, to give a spotlight on it. Um, kind of in a similar vein on some of the things I mentioned, social proof and customer testimonial emails are huge. People always want to buy things that others are buying and others can attest for. Um, we actually tried a really cool email where uh, in the email, it was a GIF where it basically showed this guy kind of starting to talk about a product. And then if people clicked on that, that would actually take them to a video reviews um, of the person talking about the product. And I think when people can speak on camera about why they like something and when they're wearing it and when they're modeling it, it feels a lot more tangible. So that's what we're doing is we're trying to relate people's comments and reviews, not just statically like we have been, which do work. Or try to incorporate a video aspect and element. Does that make sense, Nathan?
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. So um, we talked about kind of, you know, I guess uh, event-based specific campaigns. You know, you talked about graduation. We've got Memorial Day coming. Uh, you talked about problem and solution. Um, and you mentioned like, you know, sometimes for clients you're doing two to three campaigns a week. What does a campaign mean or equal just for context for people?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So within email, there's two kind of core primary types of emails that you send. Um, The first is a campaign. So a campaign is like a manual broadcast to our audience, right? So it's basically us telling our audience that they should care about Memorial Day because we care about Memorial Day, right? Or they should care about our new product launch because it's relevant to us. So we think it's gonna be relevant to them where on the other end, kind of an email flow or an email automation, that's all based off an action or a trigger that a user takes. So if someone visits your website and there's a pop-up that says, enter your email for 10% off, when someone enters their email, that will then trigger an automated email for a welcome series. If someone is on your list and they add something to their cart and they don't you know, start checkout or they don't purchase, that will then trigger an automated abandoned cart type email. So, so everything that we've been talking about right now, is kind of these manual push and broadcasts that are ongoing and kind of require a lot of work. We're on the flow side, the automation side. Not that those emails are set it and forget it entirely, but those emails will work for you, kind of while you're doing other things. Those will automatically send based off again behavior that people take. So it's a really nice balance to have the two in tandem.
0: Mm, I see. So if you if you're for a client. Or a brand you're doing two to three campaigns per week that's basically two to three broadcast emails or it's a couple or how many per campaign yeah so typically we're sending like two to three kind of
1: broadcast emails and then
0: a customer could
1: potentially receive you know a fourth or a fifth email depending on how engaged they are or aren't right so some customers, if we send two campaigns per week, might only get two, two emails per week because they didn't, they didn't look at any products on your website. They didn't add anything to their cart. They weren't that engaged. However, um, if we send those two emails and then someone goes to your website and they view a product, they add something to their cart, that could trigger a third email, which is the first kind of automation email. So depending on how engaged people are or aren't, you know, they could be receiving you know, maybe one or two additional emails on top of the, the broadcast each
0: week. Uh, wow, I see. Um, so if people just wanted to just uh, get started, where would be the first place people should start? Should it be the campaigns during this time period? Because we know like email is a super powerful tool. We know it's probably most people listen to this. It's under leveraged. It's, it's not being co- correctly leveraged. And we know that it's a great profit center for you. Where is the first place people should start? Is it campaigns or is it flows?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. This, this isn't the answer to what you asked, but I would split, I would try to split whatever time you have, right? So maybe you have one hour a week or maybe you have five hours a week. Instead of going all in on one bucket, I would really kind of try to split your time because they both are necessary and they both work. Um, the benefit of working on flows first is, again, the fact that they're going to work on your behalf for you. While you're doing other things, right? So if at minimum, you could set up one welcome email, one abandoned checkout email, and one customer thank you email. Those are the emails at the bare minimum that people expect, right? If someone enters their email into a pop-up or you know, a flyout, they really do expect a follow-up because so many other brands are doing that. So if you don't do that, your customer might be confused. Um, that's a missed revenue opportunity. So that's, that's for sure at the bare minimum, the one welcome email that you need to have. Typically, we would build out four, but again, um, just focusing on the bare minimum. Uh, One abandoned checkout email. Again, these are people that are furthest in your funnel and are that close to buying, but for whatever reason, they didn't buy. Uh, Maybe you didn't have free shipping. Maybe they're waiting to see if you're going to send them a discount, um, or maybe they just got distracted, right? So that's a really great email that you have to have. And then a customer thank you email. Again, you have to just say thank you. It can be super simple. That email can be plain text from a community manager, from a co-founder, whoever it might be, and at minimum, if you could do one campaign per week, that should get you by, right? Hopefully, after you do those few things and split some of your attention and time on email, you'll really be able to see the power of it, and and hopefully over time, you'll be able to build out a more well-rounded email program, right? So for our clients, we're building 10, 12, 14 flows, and each of these flows have anywhere from two to four emails, right? So there's a lot that you're going to be leaving on the table by just doing this, but that's better than not doing anything at all
0: yeah i agree okay um so bare minimum welcome abandoned cart and customer thank you um talk to me around kind of what else you'd like to go through do you want to go through more campaign ideas or yeah where what else yeah i've got a,
1: a couple cool um other campaign ideas and concepts and things coming up that i think people um may know of others they won't know of um, but the last thing I wanted to talk about is what we also are sending, kind of sales and promotion based emails. Um, so for some of our clients in these sales and promotion emails, we will include a note as to why we're offering a discount. Um, and for others, we'll we'll just kind of include notes on how they're giving their customers a way to make a purchase that could be tied towards kind of helping healthcare workers and other frontline workers. Again, that doesn't apply to everyone, but in sales and promotions emails, we are still sending those. Those are still working. Um, you know, Mother's Day was a big one that just passed. That was a huge buying time for a lot of consumers. Um, and then Father's Day is going to be the same thing, right? So Father's Day is coming up, at least here in the States, on June 21st. Um, so that's a month out from today. That's something that I think, you know, almost all brands should be taking advantage of. Um, and the way that we, we, we approach things like Father's Day and Memorial Day and, and holidays is we use the holiday as an anchor, And what I mean by that is, for example, for Mother's Day, we sent three to four campaigns um, prior to Mother's Day and on Mother's Day. So the first campaign that we sent was actually about a month in advance, launching the sale early. You know, Mother's Day starts, sale starts early, shop our site for 10% off, um, you know, don't miss out. And then the next email that we sent, and again, the same strategy, and the reason I'm telling you about this, this could be applied to Memorial Day, it can be applied to Father's Day, Fourth of July, this is gonna work for any holiday. Um, The next email that we sent came about a week later and we basically gave people a heads up saying, hey, you've got 48 hours to order this product for guaranteed delivery for Mother's Day, right? So we launched these emails a little bit sooner than we would otherwise, just because supply chains and shippings and things like that are a little bit thrown off because of COVID. So it's better to give people more time to make a purchase and it's better to err on being more cautious than less cautious. Um, And then the last two emails that we sent related to that holiday for some customers that had gift cards, we sent them out you know 24 to 48 hours before Mother's Day, basically saying, "Hey, if, if you're if you're like us and you leave things to the last minute, you know it's going to be too late to get things. Malls and stores are closed for the most part. Um, get your mom the gift of this gift card, so that way you have something for her. And then lastly, we sent a campaign on Mother's Day, wishing your mom kind of a happy Mother's Day and wishing all the moms in our community a happy Mother's Day." Nathan, does that make sense? Do you have any question on kind of how we use a holiday as an anchor?
0: Yeah, no, that's like I was just thinking to myself, well, wow, you guys are good. Um, how do you come up with all these ideas?
1: Dude, honestly, I think most of our best ideas come from missed opportunities from months and years prior, right? So when we first started offering email, we only would send a, a Mother's Day email and it, and it did well. And we always were like, huh, I wonder what happen if we launched this early, so for Black Friday last year, Cyber Monday, right, all of that, we launched all the sales early and we made almost as much, if not more revenue from the early sales than we did on the actual sales, just because it's a lot less crowded, right? Typically, most people are only sending an email on Memorial Day or Father's Day. So by getting ahead of it, you get the opportunity to have the share of people's wallets before they're even planning and thinking about it, right? So if something comes in your inbox for Father's Day, now that's on June 21st, you're probably not thinking about Father's Day right now. But if something's compelling and enticing enough, you might get ahead of it, right? And then all the brands that are going to wait till it's too late um, will miss out on the wallet share. So so really for us, just banging our heads against the wall about like, oh man, like, what if we did this? Or I wish we had done that better. This year has just been about making sure we execute everything ahead of time. And the fact that time over time, this is working for us, it's just allowing us to get more creative and more
0: aggressive. Yeah, because like, I think people listening right now, um, it's so impressive, all these crazy campaign ideas and things they got to do. It's like, yeah, you guys come up with these incredible ideas, um, so I want to always bring it back to kind of like, what's the mental model, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And then a couple other campaign ideas, and I had some kind of other random stats and notes based off of conversations I've been having with industry experts and based off data that I'm seeing. Um, so, we talked about M- Memorials Day. Um, Again, that's on May 25th. Uh, Father's Day is on June 21st. Uh, Here in the U.S., 4th of July is going to be a massive one. I'm imagining a lot of people this year, depending on where they live, are going to want to be out and about. So I got to imagine 4th of July is going to be a big spending opportunity. Get ahead of 4th of July, right? These are things that people need and want for the actual day. So allow yourself to have enough shipping. You should start promoting 4th of July in the beginning or middle of June. Um, So that's a great one. Uh, one kind of random and cool gifting opportunity campaign that we're going to do for some clients is called Best Friends Day. Again, it's just a silly day that someone somewhere made up, but it makes money. So Best Friends Day is on June 7th. That's a massive gifting opportunity. Again, if you think about who's on your list, either a they're buying for themselves, or b they're buying from someone else. Right. So just because someone bought from you recently doesn't mean they won't buy from you again. I think that's a really big missed opportunity. So typically, people that have maybe one or two products in a store and that's all they sell. They're afraid and wary of sending to people that bought in the past because they don't think someone's going to buy again. So I want to just call out again that people don't just buy for themselves. They often buy for others. Does that make sense, Nathan? Yeah, 100%. Awesome. And then three last campaigns. I promise I don't want to bore you guys with campaigns, but I do hope that this is helpful for some of you guys. Um, International Yoga Day. Again, this isn't going to be for everyone, but for people that have women-centric businesses Um, this is a great one. Uh, Not that it's not, you know, for males, but I know women love yoga. Um, no, it is on the same day as father's day. Um, so for us, we're obviously, we're going to focus more on father's day, but this could be kind of just a little call out at the bottom of an email for father's day, just talking about how, Hey, we're going live on our Instagram, or we're going to do a zoom in the morning before all the positive kind of festivities happen for father's day. Um, you know, moms, ladies, families, you know, Get yourself started the right way with celebrating, you know, yoga. Here's our water bottle for National Yoga Day that you could have to look cool and stay hydrated during your workout. Here's this great new mat, right? Here's this great new, you know, athletic product. So, so I think find ways to be creative. And Yoga Day doesn't, again, need its own campaign. It could be tied in with other things. Um, and then the last two, um, International Children's Day. Again, people that have kids now, being a dad. I want to buy my daughter everything, any email I get about something for her. I got, I got to imagine I'm going to buy something. So that's on June 1st, International Children's Day. And then National Flag Day is on June 14th. So those were kind of the main campaigns that I wanted to talk through today, Nathan.
0: Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Um, So yeah, look, the big takeaway for people uh, is one, set up the flows and two, just go uh, to, you know, public holidays or Like, yeah, like you just go online and what do you search for really to find out all these different um, kind of ideas for campaigns?
1: So, yeah, we're looking obviously at all the really large popular holidays and celebrations, kind of the ones that we mentioned. And then there's all like these random kind of today is or these kind of national today is type holiday calendars and campaigns and things. And, dude, every single day there's like five to six random things like National Donut Day, National Pizza Day. Uh, national stay at home day, right? Like there's all of these random things. Um, so it's kind of fun and cool to to pick random ones throughout a quarter or every six months to just tie in and teach people on your list um, because it gives people a laugh at the very least. And to b- provide comedy, especially in a time like now, um, it, it is very appreciated by the subscribers.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. Um, okay. So What about giveaways? How often do you run giveaway campaigns? So giveaway
1: campaigns, um, and I have actually kind of an interesting spin on a giveaway that I'd love to share with you guys. But um, on a giveaway basis, I would say for some brands, we do them as often as every quarter. And other brands will kind of do them anywhere from like semi-annually to to annually. Um, For some brands, giveaways are a really great acquisition channel that leads to a return. Um, For other brands, just because their products are so expensive giveaways are great in theory, but in terms of practice, actually getting someone to convert on a $300 watch, um, is kind of difficult, uh, especially when you're partnering with other brands. So, so yeah, like what, what we noticed is like, think about all the purchases that you make on Amazon, right? It's like the, you know, the $20 here, the $50 there, right? The, The really kind of impulse purchases that you'd make on Amazon, where you might want to consult a review or two, but you don't need to consult all of these reviews and all of this research. Those are the products that we've seen do really well in giveaways. So Products that have, like, an average order value of, like, $50 or lower um, that people could see and then just buy. Like, those are the things that we found work really well. But when some of our clients are selling, like, a $300 watch um, or they're selling really kind of high-end things, giveaways are harder, especially when you partner with other people because you're not too sure the buying potential and the buying power of these folks. So, like, if you're selling, like, I don't know, like... um, like a washing machine for lack of a better word or like a barbecue or a grill like for some clients like that it's a little bit harder to get a conversion through
0: yeah I see so um, anything else that we missed?
1: I just got a couple random notes of things that I found uh, kind of interesting Um, so we we've been monitoring kind of the engagement over uh, the past few weeks and past few months and one thing for sure that we can say across all of our clients um, open rates have been up throughout COVID, right? I think people are at home, they're bored, they have more time, right? Maybe they're not working as hard or working as long. Um, So we've seen an intake intake kind of in open rates. Um, On some clients, it's it's minimal, right? It's like a couple points and other clients, you know, the open rates could be as big as five or 10% higher. So that's one really interesting thing that we've seen. Um, One other interesting thing that we've seen is mobile traffic and purchases on mobile have increased across a number of our clients we've noticed, which has been kind of interesting. I know mobile's obviously been a trend for a while, but we've noticed more so over the past few weeks than ever uh, that people have been on their phones and they've actually been making more purchases from their phones.
0: That's very interesting, yeah. So, yeah, it is quite often that people optimize for desktop still, but they don't realize that, yeah, majority is, yeah, happening on mobile.
1: Yeah, and then the last thing um, I kind of wanted to share that I found really interesting, which I think makes sense, is across almost every single one of our clients, we noticed a boost around the same day that the first stimulus checks arrived. So here in the states, for anyone that's not familiar, um, people that are making a certain income get you know twelve hundred dollars, and you know it, it depends on how much they get, right? They've got kids, they get more. If they make a little bit more money, they get a little less. But we noticed that like when the first round of stimulus checks arrived. Um, whether people were feeling blue and kind of needed to pick me up. I know retail therapy is a real thing that the, the conversion rate and kind of the revenue on that period of time was through the roof.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. So does that mean, do you think that, yeah, like what do you think is going to happen um, when that, when that kind of all that, all the government funding stuff stops in many countries?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So I, I'm thinking about that. I'm also thinking about the fact that like, people have definitely been spending less money on eating and drinking out and about, right? Like when you go out to eat and drink, at least here in the States, like it's, it's very common to tip 15, 20%, right? So the food prices are jacked up. You're paying all this extra money for the service. So I obviously think people are still eating and drinking just as much, maybe if not more, but they're doing it at home, right? So they're saving some of that money. And I think some of that money currently is being rerouted towards you know online gifts and this and that. And definitely away from you know in-person to, to online. So I'm, I'm truthfully not entirely sure what's going to happen because I think we're seeing some really weird variables that I don't know how long they're going to stay around for. Um, but it's it's been a great time for e-commerce. Like some of the numbers we're seeing across our clients are comparable to Black Friday, Cyber Monday time. So I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic and hopeful that it's going to stay, but I, I can't say for certain.
0: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Um, but I think what's important is you know, just, I think, using email, right as one of your big channels and not forgetting about it. and speaking to your customers and your community through email. You don't have to be selling as well. like um, you you talked about these education type campaigns. Can we go a little bit deeper on that? because I know, it can be intimidating for people sometimes to think, well, I'm going to send this one, I'm going to send this one, I'm going to send this one. You know what I mean? So you can mix it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and by the way, uh, Nathan, I'll provide, I have a bunch of cool examples on these topics that we discuss. I'll provide them to you and your team so that way you guys can make these um, available. I know sometimes it's hard when I'm talking about these things and we're discussing them kind of on voice to really understand like what this actually looks like. It's not that tangible. So I promise you guys, I'll give you guys a bunch of resources and things for you guys to send to everyone listening. that way people can see. Um, But on on that topic, so uh, I have pulled up kind of on my screen earlier, like the CBD type campaign that we sent for a client. And it was all about like feeling refreshed and getting sleep, right? So again, we can't make any claims or promises that CBD leads to increased or better sleep. But we talk about like how sleep, you know, know, is physiologically and how to get more of it and different practices to take and kind of reviews that people are saying. Again, it's all anecdotal. It's all qualitative feedback from our audience on how they've slept better without making claims that it improves it. Um, And we'll just kind of publish and post studies that researchers have done related to it to kind of back it up in like a blog style type post. So a lot of our clients, we've been having them be very active on their blogs, just posting like interesting or relevant content um, that people would get a kick from. Um, Another example is we work with a wallet company Um, and they always used to make fun of me because my wallet was so thick, not because I had a lot of cash in and I wish that was the reason, but because I had so many cards in it, right? I just accumulated cards and photos and all these things. And that actually, because they're making fun of me so much, spawned them to create a blog post about like how wallets have changed over the ages where back in the day, like these bulky watches or I'm sorry, wallets were in style and kind of cool. And now everything is about minimalism. So their whole design, their whole thesis is about taking these things that have always been bulky and big and really making them thin and efficient, right? They shouldn't be like this massive purse that things, people carry around, right? It should be just enough, but not too much. Um, and they created like a really cool blog post that we link people to that have photos and text and uh, funny kind of comments from the community. So I'm not sure if that helped, but like just feel free to have fun with this content. Um, if you're gonna say something that's, you know, hey, this helps you get sleep, you have to have research and study and you can't say there's a cure, right? So just be careful also too when you're making claims and you're making certain education things that you've done your research and that you can credit um, authoritative figures.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, But when it comes to kind of education, you would put the content in the email or the content on the blog post? So it, it depends. It depends on
1: how long the content is. So typically with some clients, they have pretty long form blog posts. So what we'll do is we'll include kind of maybe the first or second paragraph that's really um, information about like what's to come and kind of has like a headline or something that catches someone's attention that makes them want to read more. And we'll typically have like a call to action button that says like learn more, read more, something like that, that will then take people to your website. Um, we, we do, if possible, want to get people to your website. That way they have more chances to buy. Again, The goal of these emails isn't to sell, but if you can get someone to your website, you know, maybe they'll go from that content to a different content and then they'll land on a product page. By them coming back onto your site, you give your kind of marketing team, your paid acquisition team a chance to retarget them, right? So there's a lot of great things that can happen just by bringing people to your website. So we typically will give enough content within the email that someone is intrigued and then we'll send them to the blog post. Um I mentioned before, we're trying to send people to video reviews, so that video might be hosted on YouTube. It might be hosted on one of our landing pages. Um, so yeah, we're we're using email to funnel people to other um, platforms. Yes.
0: And then, like let's just say uh, that that was a really great story about the minimalist wallet and all that kind of stuff. So let's just say it is a long form blog post um, you know, a paragraph or two is in the email, then a, a CTA is to click to go to the blog and then that's just hosted on the site. And then from there, hopefully, or maybe people, uh, you know, want to engage and, and perhaps look at purchasing the product. If not, that's all good. Also, um, yeah. you're just providing goodwill and facilitating that, uh, goodwill.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then in blog posts, we typically have what's called an, an embedded subscription form, So if you're on a, if you're on a blog post and like you're reading part of it or some of it or all of it, there could be something in there that says like, Hey, for more content and cool things like this, you know, enter your email. And again, obviously the people that are receiving this email will already be on your list, but if the blog post is really good and compelling, um, people do share it on social media, right? They will text it or forward it to a friend. So the the point that you have that email capture isn't for the people that's receiving the email it's for the people that might end up getting the blog post through some kind of sharing, right? So it it could be a really great way to also acquire users. And then at the bottom of the blog post, right, maybe you have um, products that are popular or related. Um, Throughout the article, some of our clients will hyperlink um, some of their product pages to it. So it's just a really great way to get traffic, eyeballs, sharing, sales, um, where the it's all a byproduct, right? Like it has to come across genuine and authentic or else people aren't going to buy it, but, um, that's really how we approach it.
0: Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, so dude, like you've been so, uh, giving and you've shared so much gold. Was there anything else you would like to share with everyone, uh, that, that can help them using email? Now I know, you know, you specialize in e-com, but the same kind of rules apply right it doesn't matter what industry you know there's some different like tactics and strategies but there is a there is a premise uh, around the idea of using flows um if somebody's yes. about to purchase online um or it's you know a welcome series or whether it's a cart abandonment series um and there's same premise there's the same premise for campaigns around getting people to sign up for your product or your service during a certain time period and celebrating a particular time period. Um, I know in like, for example, B2B SaaS, I don't know how much you could do over Mother's Day. However, you could have your own, you know, fifth birthday special or fifth birthday for your company. You could definitely do a Black Friday campaign. You could definitely do like a Memorial Day campaign. So it just depends, right? But yeah, is there anything else kind of you would like to share that we haven't touched on?
1: No, I think we covered all of it. I just am going to challenge everyone that's listening to start preparing for for summer. Um, You know, for us on our end, we're going to start doing kind of some summer preparation for summer-related products and activities and things um, here over the next few weeks. So if you're listening to this, I'm going to challenge you to start creating some content relevant to summer because... This summer, I think more so than ever as people are excited and energized to get back into the world and hopefully all that goes smoothly, um, people are going to want to start spending money on experiences and products and things that they could do with their family and friends. So now's a really great time to start preparing and take advantage um, of this period.
0: Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much, brother. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, last question is where's the best place people can find out, find out about yourself and your work? And also, um, yeah, the merger of your agency now, both you and Nick.
1: Yeah, I'm a few years late to the game, but uh, both myself and Nick have been posting a lot on Twitter. Um, without going too much into it, I think it's a platform that has a lot of reach, and it's a lot of people kind of in the online direct consumer e-commerce space are sharing some really great tips. So, uh, my handle on Twitter is ecom e c o m, and then Chase Diamond, no A and Diamond. So ecom Chase Diamond on Twitter. I'm sharing a uh, daily kind of screenshots of emails from my team and daily screenshots of emails from the community and calling out subject lines they're using and things that they like. So um, that would be a great place. Thank you, Nathan.
0: You're welcome. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, look, thanks so much for sharing so much chase. This was amazing. And uh, yeah, thanks so much, brother.
1: Awesome. Have a great rest of your day, Nathan. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview